Why, hello, it's Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Pete and Joey of the Crystal Casino Band over Zoom video. Pete and Joey both met while attending the same college in uh, Washington, D.C. Both Pete and Joey talk about where they were born and raised and how they got into music. Joey comes from a musical family. His dad is a drummer. He plays drums, but really started in the band as a bass player. Pete has always played guitar and wrote songs. Uh, He started doing that in high school. They talk about how the band was formed, eventually changing their name to the Crystal Casino Band, the reason behind that. And they tell us all about their most recent album, which is called Maryland House. You can watch our interview with Pete and Joey on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with the Crystal Casino Band. Well, I appreciate both doing this. Um, this podcast is about the, the two of you, really, in the in the band and uh, your journey in music. And we'll talk about the new uh, album and how you guys got to where you are now. Cool. Sounds good to us. Amazing. Uh, so the band is from what, like the DMV, DC area, correct? Yeah, we started uh, at the George Washington University, and uh, we've been in the D.C. area ever since 2015. Okay, well, Pete, where are you originally from? Where are you born and raised? I grew up outside of Chicago originally. Um, I lived there until 2014, and then uh, I actually moved to Connecticut my senior year of high school, and that's where my mom currently lives now. So um, I would say, like, ever since just, like, coming to GW for college, like, D.C. has just felt home like home ever since then. Right on. Uh, well, I guess hence the Bears T-shirt. I should have picked. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that, that must have been. I mean, not to get too in the weeds, but I'm just curious. Like that must have been rough moving your senior year of high school. It was a little rough, but um, it was for very understandable reasons. My uh, grandparents uh, were uh, battling with Alzheimer's, and so uh, they lived in Stamford, Connecticut, where uh, where my family currently is now. And so uh, we basically moved into. Uh, they, they were in assisted living. And so they're the house that they, they owned, they weren't living in anymore. So we basically moved into it. So the house that my mom grew up in and everything. And um, yeah, we were just there to take care of them in their, in their final years and everything. So it was for, it was for good reasons. And um, I made the most of it, you know, like you learn uh, in college, like you start meeting a lot of new people. And I already had that experience of how to meet people and talk to them because sure. I had to do that senior year and everything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear about your, your grandparents. It's awful, but um, it's okay. Thank you though. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Joe? Where were you born and raised? Yeah. I grew up in uh, like the Columbus, Ohio area. Oh, then, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I have family in Cleveland and actually yeah, my nice. uncle went to Ohio state. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I, I that's kind of just where I've, I've lived basically my whole life. And uh, yeah, similarly, though, I just when we when we started school uh, in D.C., I mean, it's just like a hard city to not like kind of fall in love with in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, definitely sort of made it home uh, for the, the foreseeable future. Right on. Well, what about music? How did you get into music, Joey? Were you uh, did you come from musical household at all? Uh, yeah, I would say so. My my dad is a drummer, and his father was a 
very accomplished musician. And so, yeah, I sort of have always been around it and been around uh, instruments. And uh, I, I would say I came up through like the, the marching band, like school marching band. Oh, scene. cool. Um, and so that's kind of like my background is more of like a, you know, like a classical music kind of, but I mean, I love all kinds of music. So yeah, long story short. Yes. I, I did come from a musical family. Did your dad teach you drums? Is that like what kind of took you to drums? Um, you know, honestly, I was a, I was originally a bass player. I was, I was like a bass player all throughout high school. Um, and I, I was in the marching band and the orchestra. So, um, I would say like, no, my dad never really taught me drums, but funny enough, like his college roommate, um, at the university, uh, Indiana university ended up being my, my, uh, drum teacher many years later. So, um, yeah, I, I was a bass player originally, but then when Pete and I met, um, it just became evident that it would be harder to find a drummer than a bass player. Or we could, we didn't have a bass player in the band for the first year. We had a, it was the two of us and a, a keyboard player. It was, we, it was a lot like the, the doors where they had yeah, no bass, no bass and bass uh, yeah. all the bass notes would be on like the very low end of the piano and everything. <laughs> oh, interesting. So it was yeah, like, like very first year though. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could do either one. Like I'm a, I was a, decent drummer and i thought i was like a probably a better bass player than a drummer at the time but i just out of necessity i just uh yeah i just kind of stuck with the drums and i've I've enjoyed uh embracing that for sure interesting yeah uh it's always funny just growing up i mean i never played anything serious as far as bands went but finding somebody that could play drums is always the the hardest thing and the drummer always got a chance to pick pretty much any band they wanted to be in if they're decent it was like Okay, well, yeah, or they're in like nine bands. So whatever band they enjoyed playing with the most got the most attention and everyone else's, it was like almost like a favor. Like, oh yeah, I guess I'll play with you guys the, for a while. The same could really be said of of like good bass players too. Like they're, True. they're extremely high demand. We just happened to, you know, the, the keyboard element kind of guided. I mean, yeah, that, that's just- It works, just, right, yeah. right, right. For the first year. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I guess if you were looking for like a yeah, a very talented, great bass player versus just someone that could play guitar and just play the root note of what exactly. the guitar player is playing, uh, I feel like that's a lot of bands just have that. Like, oh yeah, like you could play guitar. Like, well, you're gonna play bass because I'm gonna play guitar. Yeah. Right. Um, well, when was drums the first instrument you learned? Uh, it was or probably no. like piano, like okay. I was young, and then I switched to bass, and then I. I played bass like in like middle school and then still in high school. And I, I just wanted to be, I really wanted to be in the marching band and like that drove me to like learn the, learn the drums. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, you said that you played bass through high school, but you were in the marching band. So I was trying to figure out like, there's no real, I I mean, bass. Right. I mean, something about it, like when I was, you know, whatever, 13 years, whatever, however old you are when you're a freshman in high school, like just the marching band seems so cool. So Mm -hmm. I just, I still think marching bands are cool, but I I just had to be part of it. So you just play, you picked up drums for that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Well, uh, what about you, Pete? How did you get into music? Are you from a musical household at all? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like my immediate family is like the most musical, but um, 
my uncle, I really have to thank a lot for uh, guiding me musically. He actually has a ukulele company where he uh, creates oh, wow. songbooks for the ukulele. So it's really fun to be able to like walk into a guitar center and see his books like right there, right as you walk in all the time. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. successful. So um, he, because of like his ukulele business, like he started me playing the ukulele at like four. So that was the very first instrument I ever learned how to play. Um, and I mean, it's pretty easy. Four strings, like one finger on one string, like makes a beautiful chord. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's like definitely my first introduction to music. Him and my aunt would, um, at like all of our family events, they would sing songs on the ukulele and everything. So that was definitely a huge part of um, my upbringing for sure. And then it wasn't until like I was eight or nine or so. I, I thought it was really cool that we were on uh, my, el- my elementary school had a music class. And this one kid came to the piano and started playing the, the Imperial March, for the Darth Vader theme from Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was the coolest freaking thing in the world. <laughs> I really want to learn piano. So um, I did that. I took lessons for um, like that was like me, like actually wanting to do something musically rather than like uh it being shown to me, if that if that makes sense. No, yeah, it's something um, that you sought it out and you wanted to play. Exactly, well. yeah. So I took piano lessons for a little bit. And then um, it wasn't until like middle school, I was like probably 13 when I started teaching myself guitar. And um, just like through no lessons, just like through the help of YouTube and everything. And then uh, once I started playing guitar, the song started coming as well. So started taking that up and been probably writing songs since I was 16 or so. Really? And, wow. Yeah. With uh, with that, like you said, when you started playing guitar, then you eventually started writing songs. Was that something that you were always interested in doing or was it you just kind of was a natural progression? I think it was like a natural progression. I don't think I ever intended to be like I never thought I had like a great singing voice for a while, um, especially like when I was just starting off with the guitar. Um, my mom uh, told me to do choir when I was like in sixth grade. And I was like literally one of the only guys in the class. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> Uh, my voice like hadn't quite changed yet so i was an alto i wasn't even like a bass or a tenor or anything like that so um that kind of like scarred me from wanting to sing <laughs> for a while oh wow um, yeah yeah, I, yeah my but, wife did that to our son too she put him in made it. she's like if you don't pick an extracurricular activity i'm gonna pick one for you and he didn't so she's like you're in chorus <laughs> but then eventually uh, i wanted to become a good singer because like i at, at at a certain point, like once I started like writing songs, I was like, oh, I should probably be the one singing them. So I like wanted to practice singing. And then I started doing high school choir. And obviously my voice had changed at that point. So mm. uh, I was I was a baritone and uh, I would say I probably still am, although like my range has gotten like way better since high school, just from like the practice and everything over the years. Um, but yeah, then once like I started singing like the songs, I started singing my the songs I was writing Um and then I was in a band in high school when I when I moved to Connecticut. That was like one of the ways that I tried to like brand myself as like a, as I moved my senior year, like to stick out like as like a, as a yeah. new kid, you know. Um, sure. And I, I joined a band as a guitarist, and I would write songs for. Uh, we had a uh, we had a different singer. Uh, her name was Lydia. She's she's so awesome to this date. But um, I would write songs for her to sing. But it felt really natural. Uh, I always wanted like to be the one singing my own songs too. So. Sure. Um, yeah, by the time college started, uh, and then Joey and I met during freshman orientation, uh, we started the band, and yeah, I was kind of like said that I would I would be the singer, basically, like the songwriter and everything, and here we are today. Wow, was it? So you were in a band at the other school in, in the Chicago area? 
And not not had, Chicago. Oh, um, just just in, when you got to Connecticut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, we so front row. <laughs> they're called what? Front row. Oh, there you go. Uh, so you didn't start it. You weren't in a band at all until that, until your senior year. Then it was yep, just exactly, like, correct. was it? Were you showing people the songs you were writing, or is it just something you were doing for yourself? Um, I, I I would show the um, well, I showed our band the songs I was writing, and um, no, I, I meant like in Chicago area. Uh, occasionally, like I had friends who were in bands too. I would show them like what I was up to, but like I couldn't find a group for myself really. Oh, uh, they okay. had like their group formed, and I would just hang out with them and everything. Got it. And then, so when you got to Connecticut and you had this band, were you guys, was it like a serious thing? Did you, at that point, did you know you wanted to play music for your life? Like, was it like, okay, I want to be in a band like this? Is cool. Yeah, it definitely was. Like, I, I definitely knew that one day, like I wanted to be in a band that would take off and everything. So, okay. um, yeah, it was like a practice run for that. <laughs> sure. What about you, Joey? Was that something you were interested in? Like, I mean, aside from playing in band and the marching band and that, were you in yeah. a, like a, rock band or like garage not, band. not really i was i was in the jazz band like at school and i was in the, the marching band the orchestra and it, it kind of took up like a lot of my desire of that that really fulfilled a lot of like the the um you know musical like needs that i had it like i i didn't need to um like find friends that we could play together outside of school or whatever because like you know, You're I spent busy. half my day, I spent half of my school day, like playing music, which was awesome, but I didn't necessarily like have to s seek out more of that. Got it. Got yeah. it. Did you go to school for music, either of you, or was it something totally different? No, I, I really considered it. But then I, I like a mentor of mine in high school was like, who, who got like a music degree was like, don't do that. Like, you're going <laughs> to end up a you're gonna get. You're gonna end up a music teacher, which obviously is not a bad thing. But you're either gonna be a music teacher, or you're gonna like, you know, have to find some other, some other, other gig. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, I I commend people and think that people should study music at like a high level. It's just like somebody once told me that I shouldn't do it, so I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Well, I've interviewed a lot of people that went to like Berkeley and, and yeah. you know, Belmont and stuff. And it's like, once you get the gig, right, or you get uh, some success, the the rest of the school thing kind of just becomes like, oh, well, I'll just come back and finish it if I need to or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So you both met, you said, at freshman orientation? Yep, yep correct. Before classes even started. How did that happen? You just were hanging next to each other or something? Yeah, like our... um. I forget exactly quite what happened, but um, our like friend groups that we kind of made at orientation combined basically. And, uh, and then I, I met Joey and we started talking about music. We both um, bonded over the black keys. And I mentioned I play guitar and uh, we talked about music. Like he said that he plays a little bit of the drums and, and bass. And um, we're like, Oh, we could be like a duo band, just like the black keys. But um, <laughs> eventually that, that kind of, uh, we started writing music before classes even started, like by sending each other stuff over email, like in GarageBand and everything. So we had like two or three songs before class was even like beginning and everything. But um, yeah, then when uh, Joey kind of like talked to you a little bit, how he originally was going to go bass, but then uh -huh. out of necessity became a drummer. And then um, then freshman year, we added uh, Luke Gibson on the keys. Uh and then that, we were just a three-piece for the first year of freshman year. And were you guys uh, Crystal Casino at that point, too? Or no? 
We were originally called the Colonies because uh, we were at George Washington University and their mascot was named the Colonial. So we thought that at the time we thought it would be a good idea to be like pretty similar to that. Ah, gotcha. Rad. And then when did the name change? Was that later? I mean, much later or? Yeah, that was uh, we decided in um, 2020 to change the name. Uh, oh, wow. Super recent. then. Yeah. So it was pretty recent. But um, basically, like as we just became more educated on uh, like race relations in the country, we really wanted to distance our name from the colonies and its ties to imperialism and colonialism. And uh, yeah, we, we like pride ourselves on trying to have the most inclusive community that we can with our fan base. And uh, we wanted a name to reflect that as well. We didn't want anyone to like dislike us just because of our name and everything. So it, especially in in the the wake of the George Floyd protests, like we knew that we absolutely had to make a change. And I'm really glad that we did. Yeah. Wow. Was that confusing for people or no? It was kind of like. like uh, I don't know how confusing it was. I mean, I think we we definitely have gained a lot more like momentum and notoriety since the name change. So I think like most people are more familiar with us as crystal, as the crystal casino band at this point. But like, I mean, there's still people like friends of ours who like call the band, the colonies. Like it's hard to, it's hard to like change. It's like that, like, you know, yeah, like, they're just used to doing it. Right. It's like the, like, you know, an Ohio guy, like when the, the Cleveland baseball team changed its name, like there's still tons of people who call it, you know, the old name. And it's like, yeah, I still call it the Indians, you know. Yeah, it's hard. Well, it's (laughs) hard. Yeah, it's hard to to, like uh, switch that for for somebody. But yeah, it's yeah. I I mean, I understand the 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 logic behind it, but yeah, for me, it's just my my granddad, my dad's dad, played for the Indians in the forties. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I have like it's funny. I we recently moved to Nashville. I'm from San Diego, and I was going through stuff packing and i found like the letter that he got like in the 40s from like the indians it's like the the logo was like the most racist oh my most God. racist <laughs> one i'm like yeah probably. wow okay was he, was he on the on the on the 48 team the title team uh he got he dra- drafted that year so yeah. it's funny in the in the letter he asked for tickets to the world series so it's like sorry we because it was like mail you know what i mean you're like right. sending a letter and then, like, the, he gets the letter back, and the guy, the, whoever was the GM or whatever, wrote, like, sorry, we weren't able to get, you know, this is too late to give you the tickets to the World Series, but, like, here's your, it was, like, a, the contract. He was making, um, he made $1,200 for the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway. Uh, okay, yeah, so you guys changed the name in 2020. Um, what, like, what was the first kind of, did you guys have like a big kind of uh, momentum moment or like something that like validated the band prior to the name change or like, I know you guys have, you know, a lot of streams and a big following on Instagram. Like, was that something that came within the past few years or did you have like a pretty solid momentum going prior to that? I would say a majority of like the momentum we see today came after afterwards, but we did have some big moments before then uh, where we got to open at the Anthem in Washington, D.C. We opened for um, Judah and the Lion there. Oh, cool. Um, and we also got to open at the 930 Club as well, which are um, both of those venues are like two of like the biggest venues in D.C. So uh, we had some like pretty cool moments for sure before um, before the name change and everything. But the name change was like the uh 
most everything before the name change was related to college really like we just like played around campus and you um like uh fraternity events like things like that and then uh we started taking it a lot more seriously after graduation so um that so yeah so a lot of the momentum really came after got it that's my, you hadn't mentioned 930 club didn't you guys what you headlined there like what a few days ago like last weekend yeah. or something thursday it was incredible uh I'm still not over it. Like the fact that uh, it's Monday right now and we're like working is so yeah. upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> so that was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, well, tell me about that show. That must have been so wild coming out there and, and headlining that venue. Yeah, it was. Uh, we played for about a thousand people or so, which is the biggest headlining crowd that we've we've ever had. Um, and we played our whole album in its entirety, um, start to finish. And then did the hits after. Um, yeah, it was just a blast. Um, I, I it, it it all just went over like that. Like, um, yeah, it was it went over too quick. Basically, yeah. even though we played for like an hour and a half or so, it was uh-huh. just like, yeah, that moment was unfortunately there and gone. <laughs> but sure. we'll always be in, in our hearts for sure now. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you said you guys, oh, I mean, headlining or opening up for the line. You had those things like what was there another moment or like what was was did you guys have like a moment where everything kind of really changed like as far as or has it been kind of like a progressive uh thing like was there like a viral moment that you had or something like that or was it mainly just you know we're we're playing we're staying consistent and we're building and building and building off of that i mean to to me it's felt pretty gradual um mm-hmm. i mean there, there's like milestones here and there like obviously the the first time we played 9 30 was a milestone like the anthem was obviously a milestone like i remember the first time we sold out a show um mm-hmm. you know there, there's like recently we've been doing some cool stuff on the road like you know we played in california we put we've played all over the east coast like th- there are little milestones but in general like all of it stretched over the course of, you know, basically eight years. Like it, it definitely has felt, um, uh, it's felt like a climb, like a, like a sort of a slow ascent, but it, it's, you know, part of that is, is really cool too. It's not, uh, I'm not trying to sound like bitter or anything about it. It's just like, no, I would think that you would want that. Right. I mean, yeah, if definitely. I was an artist and I had one song pop off on TikTok for three weeks and then, yeah. Uh, I look at my Spotify and one song has, you know, 5 million streams and the other one has negative or like less than thousand logo on it. Then I'd be like, okay, well, obviously no one else cares except for that one song that in that moment to, but to build, I mean, that that's going to have, keep the longevity of the band. It definitely feels organic. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but it no, it is. Yeah, totally. It's not uh we have not like, like, yeah, we, we've had like some more viral moments on social media and stuff. For sure um but it's uh it's not been like you know the result of some like weird little trick like it's right uh, yeah we, we've we've put in the time for sure no i yeah, love that absolutely. a lot of hours after after the nine to five um sure. we work nine to five and then this is our five to nine or five whenever we go to bed yeah, yeah. sure wow um well tell me about the new album it just it just came out right what like last month and yep month? it came out uh january 27th uh it's technically the sixth album that uh we've done as a band ever since joey and i started the band back in 2015 um but this is definitely our favorite album to date for sure uh we worked with 
our producers Kyle Downs and Jay Neymeyer. They're um, they're local to DC, and so we've been we would go over to Kyle's basement studio every Tuesday of like the last year, and basically just like bang these tracks out. Uh, like once a week or so we had a standing date where we just got together and made made these songs and uh they're all about like our experience living in this area throughout the years of 2020 and 2021 which um definitely like the themes of those years like come into these songs like because we were dealing with the 2020 presidential election which was so polarized and intense we were dealing with the pandemic um like everything that was happening those years like bled into these songs and also like things going on in our personal lives as well so uh yeah we're just like really happy that these songs are out um it's also an album that doesn't just feature my voice it features everybody's voice which is really exciting too and it's really cool to see like how we've grown as um musicians like to the fact that everyone can now sing on this record too oh wow did you all have your own separate parts or was it just like like tell me about that like joey were you a singer ever and, and like going into singing um, on this album was that a obviously yeah, no. different i i mean i'm not really much of a singer but we did uh i don't know if it was necessarily i guess maybe the, so jared the the other guitar player i think he was the first one to like write and present a song and like we decided he would sing on it instead of pete just because it was his song and um and then that kind of kept, started this chain effect of like well then jordan presented and we one of his songs got on the album and he wanted to sing it and then um then i it was just kind of like well joey like do you want to sing a song and i was like it's like the ringo thing right where like <laughs> ringo sings a song on every beatles album and so right like if i i was like yeah i got to you know and so the i, I sing the last song on the album which pete pete wrote and it was like very much inspired by like a Ringo song, you know, it's like very intentionally, I think that kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely a cool way of like showcasing everybody's, you know, unique, like, I think every song, I mean, Pete, Pete's songs are Pete obviously, but the, the, like the other members songs definitely showcase our personalities, um, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So this is the first, is this the first album that every, like other people or other members of the band have written songs on or is it mainly just you Pete? so it is mainly me i would say the last one uh jared definitely added some help when it came came to lyrics uh but this is like the first one where he like wrote a song in its entirety and like uh sang it as well but yeah, oh, majority okay. of the past work has been like mostly me yeah got it that's cool um i know this album has yeah like you said this kind of reflects on the last couple of years and you talk about some big subjects and, and, and such like, you know, January 6th and stuff like that. Is that something that you were, um, I mean, cause you're kind of taking a stance right on, on these things. Was that something that you were kind of concerned about as far as like how, you know, kind of, I, I guess my question would be like, you're, you're kind of focused in one area, like you're being authentic to the one thing that you believe in, but like, were you worried about how other people would feel about a song like that or as some um, of the subject matter? So especially for like that song, I really didn't didn't care about it. All right, it yeah. Polarizing, not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, well, mostly too though, it's like that song more than anything, rather than rather than being like screw Donald Trump, it's more of like 
oh my god like that was a horrifying day for us living in washington dc that's more right 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 rather than rather than like the actual politics of, of it um so yeah especially for like that song that that song was mostly like about my my experience like being here like checking in on my friends who live in the city like uh like all of all of that um like also like being in in dc means that we all know people who work in the capital like right obviously we were concerned for them that day uh yeah so i i definitely was not concerned with like polarizing people with that one um yeah that that's kind of where i draw the line with like people to begin with (laughs) <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go <laughs> where I mean, were you I yeah <laughs> i think that's like a really good like point of clarification but also just in general like i don't i don't think we're overly concerned about like offending people by our like it's just it's it's an it's sort of uh it's not the first time nor will it be the last time that like there's songs that have like political themes or political like mm. statements in them and so like yeah i don't know i think i think to worry too much about like somebody being offended is is probably not like the best thing to to occupy your mind with um sure. that's just like i think our I, is. no yeah I, I completely agree i mitzi shore Polly shore's mom who ran the comedy store in yeah. la and stuff i think she has like a quote about saying like you aren't famous until half the people hate you or something like that i always thought that was such a good quote like if everybody likes you then you're gonna be like there's nothing to keep people interested type deal. Exactly. Yeah. I just thought that was a funny quote. Yeah, but, if you go um, out trying to please everybody, you're going to please nobody. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, that's amazing. And then you guys just had the big show and, and the album's out. Um, what, you know, do, what do you plan on for the, for the record? I mean, aside from doing that huge thing, are you going to tour the album or what have you been working on new music? I mean, to just have this done and out and it's probably like, you know, such a, you know, big moment, like, oh, it's out. Like, I love it. Yeah. But what do you guys, after something like that comes out, are you like, okay, now I got to focus on what's coming up next? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say we're, we're pretty much an all gas, no breaks band. Like we're always like on, onto the next thing and how we can like build off of what we just did. Um, so literally like next month, we're going to meet up with our producers and start talking about the next album. Uh, we're going to be working on, our booking agent is starting to get us some dates in new cities that we've never toured before. So like we got Columbus, Chicago, uh, Toronto happening. Oh, wow. uh, like more cities as well. Like as, as it goes on. And um, yeah, so I'd say like, we're, we're definitely going to just like keep, keep going with it and just seeing uh, where we can go with the next album too. Like we're so grateful for the opportunities we've had, but um, we're just going to keep chugging along as well. It's like, this is, this is just like, what we do so it's like i don't really know how to like stop at this point <laughs> sure, sure. i love it well thank you both so much for for taking time to to do this today i appreciate it yeah adam thank you process. yeah we we really appreciate it as well i have one more question i want to get an answer from both of you if that's cool i want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists i would say uh on my end i would say like we definitely started getting the most momentum when we started putting like a 50 50 effort in marketing and with music so it's like you can't just put all your eggs into just music because like a lot of people think like oh but the music will speak for itself and like will blow up that way but there's no one who's going to hear it so <laughs> you just really have to like go in 
and put like an equal amount of effort into both the product that you're making, which is the music and as well, like how you're going to get new ears to listen to it. And so like for us, we really started like posting on TikTok a lot, just like shamelessly promoting our music um, and like social media, like learning social media advertising, just like doing all the marketing tactics that we like that, that are available out there. And once we started putting in like that effort there, it just, that's when we started seeing a lot of the results. So that would be my advice for anyone who wants to get into music. Like if you want, if you want people to hear your music, you're going to have to put in an equal amount of effort in marketing to like the actual creation of the product. Mine is similar, but less specific, I guess, just like, you know, if it's something that you want people to take seriously, like you as an artist, like you have to take yourself incredibly seriously. And like, that can be kind of like embarrassing or kind of weird, but like, you know, nobody is going to take you more seriously than you take yourself. So like we, I mean, even probably some, we, we probably could have done some things differently, but we've always taken ourselves pretty seriously. Like we've never really like, even when we were in college, like people considered us like a college band, but we, I don't think we ever considered ourselves that like, you know, you, you just have to, um, to approach it with like a certain level of like professionalism and seriousness. Um, because like, like I said, no, no one's going to assign that to you. Like you, you have to be the one to like present it as like real art and like, you know, just, just, uh, don't, don't be any, don't have any amount of shame or don't have any amount of like trepidation about what you're putting out there.